The Brief Podcast. Brought to you by MEPRA and produced by the International Broadcast Specialist Marketeers. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of The Brief by MEPRA. I'm your host, John T. Summers. Today, I've been lucky enough to catch up with uh, Danny Rogers, who's the Editor-in-Chief of PR Week UK. He's been over with us at the MEPRA Leadership Majulus, which we held at the Louvre Rubber Dubby. Uh, Danny and I had a chance to talk about the latest news and trends from the UK, discuss the launch of the PR Week uh, Power Book with the Middle East, uh, and, and what they've got coming up next. Danny, great to have you here with us today. It's been a year since we last had you over for the Metro Leadership Magellus. What, what, what has been rocking your world in the last year? The PR industry has had a tumultuous year, I would say. Uh, there's been some great examples of good practice and powerful campaigns, such as the uh, Nike Kaepernick campaign, uh, and also in the UK, the Iceland Christmas campaign, which has sort of reinvented Christmas campaigns, which were previously dominated by people like John John Lewis. Lewis, Yes. (laughs) And now we have a a brand like Iceland, which is campaigning on environmental matters. Who'd have thought Iceland? And it's very much a PR campaign because they put out some great uh, films that they've spread through viral and social media. And it's really pushed uh, Iceland's reputation up. However, they've also been caught out as well because the BBC discovered they still had palm oil on some of their shelves after Christmas. So uh, a classic example of um, good PR and bad PR in the same story. Yeah, you've, um, you know, you've, you've, you, it's interesting. So you've, you've come over here, obviously, to spend time with us at MEPRA for our Leadership Magulus, but also to launch the first Middle Eastern edition of the Power Book. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, you've obviously been spending a lot of time in this region in the last couple of years and getting to know it. What are your, what are your perspectives on kind of the state of the nation of Middle Eastern PR? Our expansion into the Middle East has possibly been our most fundamental strategic move at PR Week uh, over the past year. It's uh, a region that I've been long fascinated in. And thanks to our relationship with you guys at MEPRA, we've got to understand this market more. And as we've understood it, we've realized the opportunity more. Uh, So the Power Book is our attempt at trying to identify the top echelon of PR professionals in the region, to identify the best agencies, the best clients, some of the, um, the government players, and it'll only build from now on. But we see the Power Book in the Middle East is a real marker in the sand. And we intend to do more and more content and more and more events in the Middle East. When you obviously you, you, you kind of you, you have a kind of global view, but how do you see the kind of differences and challenges faced in the Middle East versus the UK for PR professionals? Talking today uh, on various panels at the, uh, the Majlis, a lot of the challenges in the Middle East are very similar to those in the UK. Uh, the digitization of media, the changing role of influencers, the um, how, how you counter fake news, you know, some fascinating conversations. Obviously, somewhere like the UAE has slightly different um, structure to, to the West. Uh, but it feels like the Middle East is trying to become much more progressive, much more democratic. And that, I think, is where the opportunity lies hmm. yeah it's interesting it's interesting listening to some of the guys on the panels this morning talking talking about uh you know pr- 
programs that have been delivered here that you kind of think, you know what, that stands, it stands shoulder to shoulder with some of the best in the world. Yes, I was fascinated to hear about the um, the Pope's visit and what a, mm. a big opportunity that was for both government agencies here, even Etihad Airline, right? It's a, a real statement about the nature of tolerance in this region, which I think is a real opportunity for the UAE because it is part of the Arab world and yet is seen as a, a supremely forward-thinking and tolerant part of the Arab world. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, as a comms professional, you look at some of the opportunities here and they are, the, you know, some of them are quite, you know, gra- groundbreaking. I mean, the, the Pope's visit being one, Special Olympics being another, you know, you've got things like like Expo coming up. You know, these are, these are, these are opportunities. If you're a young PR, you, you, you've got the, op- the chance to get involved in, in stuff that, you know, perhaps in a more in a more in a larger market, you might not. Let's go back to the the, the, the power book. Um, how, how do you how do you go about selecting those those uh, participants in that? The power book in the UK has been running eleven years now, so we've got quite a lot of experience on how you put together a definitive list of PR professionals. Uh, in the UK, it's based on a number of objective criteria that we've tried to apply to the Middle Eastern version. And they are the organization you work for, your seniority within that organization, your expertise and track record as a PR professional. You know, what have you done? What have you achieved? There's also your network. We talk about PR as being all about relationships. You know, good PR professionals, I think, have, a, have built a big network of journalistic and business contacts through their time. So that's important. But I think there's also an X factor as well that... Some people just seem to make things happen and some people seem to have the ability to create really, really good work. So all of those things are are, are important criteria. Does size matter? Size of organisation does matter, I think, because if you're working for a bigger organisation, generally you have bigger budgets and you can do more interesting stuff. You're more visible. That said, there are some people in the Power Book who are very influential in a particular niche you know, whether that's sport or uh, cars or, you know, you can you can still be influential, but it does help if you've got some budget and scale, without a doubt. Yeah, I guess what, one of the challenges, particularly in this region, is you, you've got a kind of a lot of reputation management advisors who actually probably some of their are probably very powerful and very effective, but some of their work you don't necessarily see. How easy is that to gauge? This has always been a, a dilemma working for PR Week that, some of the more interesting public relation work that's done, nobody really wants to talk about. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, there are a number of PR professionals who fly a bit below the radar. We tend to feel that if they're not prepared to engage with the industry and talk about what they do, they're of possibly less interest to us. We like people who are... It's got to be a story. Yeah, it's got to be a story, but also they've got to be proven professionals and transparent about what they do yeah i mean question i mean does how important is the power book does it does it matter the power book has become quite a phenomenon in the uk i think it does matter because i think there are very few opportunities for the pr profession to show uh the value of the work that that people produce and it's giving pr professionals a credit for a for a time, I mean, for a long time, PR people were just seen as PRs or spinners. And uh, I think by giving lists of people in politics or business or sport or charity, you show the am- amazing amount of good work 
and contribution that PR professionals make. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of interesting questions in in, in this year's uh, it, it question list. Like, you know, does does PR need to redefine itself? I thought it was quite thought provoking. Do you think it does a good enough job of that? Does it need a, a redefinition? I think PR does need to redefine itself in the same way that advertising needs to redefine itself, that media needs to redefine itself, that politicians need to define themselves. PR has always been an odd phrase, you know, public relations. Does that mean anything in the digital world? But actually, as we've shown today, that public transparency in personal relationships is crucial as ever. I think it's probably the best definition there is of what most people uh, at the marginalists actually do. In terms of trends that you are seeing, what what are what are the trends in PR uh, beyond just digital uh, that that we need to be aware of? And you know what's what is coming up? What's going to be what's going to be rocking our worlds in the next three years? I think if you look at the big trends in the PR industry, you need to look at both the brand and client side, which I think the trends are about purpose-driven campaigning, how organisations connect and communicate with their publics. And uh, I was talking today about some of the brilliant uh, purpose-driven campaigns that have been run over the past year, such as Trash Isles by Lad Bible and um, uh, Nike's Kaepernick campaign. If you look at the PR consultancy world, which I think feels very much like the PR industry, you know, most people who work in agencies are the, the hub of the PR industry, there's all sorts of interesting trends. One of them, I think, has been that corporate and public affairs work has had a real renaissance over the past couple of years, and that for a long time, people were only interested in consumer PR and brand marketing. But with the political uncertainty and the loss of trust in a lot of institutions uh, over recent years, the demand for good corporate advice, for good public affairs advice has never been so high. And we see a lot of corporate and PA agencies thriving as a result. Yeah, interesting. What's, you know, what's next for PR Week in terms of the Middle East? What, do you, what, do you, what are your plans? Our plans in the Middle East are to do another power book, this time uh, next year, where we broaden the community. We try and get more nations involved we try and get a broader range of clients involved and agencies involved we'd like to start running some events because pr week has always been very strong at bringing the community together in a live environment so we are planning to do one or two events over the next year and we we've launched uh, a weekly newsletter now which is getting very good traction so you'll see the quality of that stories and analysis going up as well i hope a last question. I noticed in the in the power book, you you asked who would play, which actor would play you in the film of your life, and obviously all these PRs, are, are, you know, there's it's Oscar nomination galore with lots of famous Hollywood stars being assigned. Who, who's going to be playing you, Danny? God, you've, you've got me there, John T. Um, this is, I think I'd like to say Clint Eastwood. It's probably more like to be Woody Allen. <laughs> Danny Rogers, editor in chief of PR Week. Thank you very much for joining us. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. Be sure to keep an eye out for the 2019 MEPRA awards announcements as entries will be open soon. Visit mepra.org forward slash awards for more details. Obviously, if you're not a member yet, there's no better time. I would say that, of course, but go to mepra.org or email community at mepra.org for details. Our next episode is going to feature two of our young communicators of the year, 
from the 2018 Rep Rewards, Jennifer Love from Brazen, Ellie Swingwood from Etihad Airways, who will be taking over our podcast to share their insight as young PR professionals. Thanks for listening.